0: Welcome to the Wealth Podcast. This is episode 170. It's February 1st, 2016. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, it is a beautiful snowy winter day in Utah. I think the snow in the mountains is just absolutely gorgeous. I know a lot of people like living in warmer climates. And, you know, as I get older with my aches and pains, uh, I'm starting to uh, maybe lean in that direction as well. But I'll tell you, the snow is just absolutely gorgeous. I love our dry climate out here in Utah. But I tell you, I am extremely thankful for snow blowers, And I'm even more thankful when one of my sons is here to do it for me. And today that's not the case. As soon as I get this podcast done, I am going to be out on the driveway and on the sidewalks, blowing some snow. So today, the markets are behaving fairly well. Investors' Business Daily thinks that we're in an uptrend. I'm still skeptical. I'm not going to get in all that today. You can go back and listen to previous episodes. Nothing's changed. Today, there was a slight uptick in the market. And overall, the market did perform well. It's going through a nice little, you know, consolidation uptrend pattern. Some of the leadership stocks like Facebook, yes, they're doing very well. Yes, Google's doing very well. Many other stocks, not so much. You know, even the fashionable stock like Amazon, which you would think, you know, based on all the sales that moved out of brick and mortar this Christmas and went online with Amazon, you would think that their earnings would have been better than they were. But that's not the case. Amazon has been stumbling of late. They were down uh, over another two percent today. You know, from their recent high, which they hit just uh, just the beginning of the year, Amazon stock is down as of the close today about 17 and a half percent. So you know that puts them squarely in bear market territory. I love them as a company. I buy a lot of things from there, and at times I've invested in their stock. But I've just been very concerned with their valuation. and if you look at them from a price per earnings ratio standpoint, it's very hit or miss. Some quarters, they spend a lot of money and they don't make any profit. And then when Wall Street starts getting down on them, you know, the next quarter they come back and they do show a profit. And so even though they do show incredible profits when they want to, and their sales are always in the double digit numbers, you know, they're probably growing at somewhere around 20% a year on top line sales. And that's not profit, but that's the revenue. And in a very slow, bogged down global economy like we're in, 20% growth is extraordinary. The problem with that though, is that the valuation for Amazon stock is something like uh, close to 500 times earnings so for every one dollar they make you as an investor in Amazon are gonna pay almost 500 times that just for the privilege of owning the stock I know these valuations can be confusing that's exactly what we're gonna talk about in this episode I'm not gonna talk anymore about current market conditions let's just talk about valuations And for those of you that might be new to investing or new to the Wealth Wellsteading Podcast, go back and listen to episode number four. That's where I lay out the fourth wealth building principle, and that's on how to identify value so it plays along with what we're talking about today but that gets more specifically into value in general today I really want to talk about valuing a stock and I'm going to talk in simple terms really based on price-per-earnings ratios that's a traditional method I like to use that because everything that I talk about in relation to the PE value price-to-earnings ratio that would apply for the most part to any other method that you're using to evaluate your stock so if you want to look at enterprise value or some other indicator you know something more sophisticated that's fine These same concepts still apply the reason I like price to earnings ratio is that it's it's widely accepted it's very easy for you to find and for you to access and to put in this uh, you know spreadsheets or to using your calculations or whatever cut type of uh, you know manipulation you do to understand the value of your stock it's very easy to find that number and then as long as you're consistent and use the same one that's what's really important. And again, I have mentioned the same price to earnings ratio because there's different ways to look at them. Is this based on operating earnings or reported earnings? You should make sure that it really doesn't matter, I don't think, which one you use as long as you're consistently using the same one. The other thing that's a little less important is are you talking about earnings based on the trailing t- 12 months or earnings last quarter? Or are you talking about future earnings, you know, the earnings expectations, that makes a big difference as well. But again, as long as you're comparing apples to apples, that's what makes sense. And again, the reason I like price per earnings ratio so much is because there are all these variations on them. So I can look at a company and say, hey, what is its price per earnings over the last 12 months? And then how did that look based on last quarter? And then how does that look based on the coming quarter and the coming year. In fact, in a lot of cases, probably in most cases, I can look out and get probably a five-year projection on what their earnings growth rate will be. Now, that is a projection. It's a forecast. It's just someone's opinion. But at least it's something that I can use as a comparison. And depending upon how much of a fundamental person you are, how much of a value investor you are, you would at least start, in my opinion, with the P.E. So you start with that ratio. If you do want to dig down into other factors and you know other metrics, then that's fine. But again, I think you're going to start with the P.E. one way or the other. So what is a P.E.? Well, price per earnings ratio is simply the price that you pay for the stock divided by the earnings that that stock makes on a per share basis. The reason I want to, again, emphasize and talk about value in stocks today is because I constantly receive questions about, well, you know, this time it's different, though. This time, since interest rates are so low, well, you know, that would justify a higher price per earnings ratio. Or this time, the opportunity is so great in the biotech sector or in the technology sector or stocks in India or, or, you know, wherever. This time, it's different. And you should expect to pay a higher price per earnings ratio. That's really what I want to address in this podcast. So I'm going to talk a little bit again about the, the the mechanics of it, but then we're really going to focus on know why it's not different this time, why the PE is so important. And although they do fluctuate with time and with the situation and with the circumstance, There's still something very critical that you want to look at. And that's why, you know, when you look at Amazon that has a 470 or a 500 times earnings, you really have to take a step back and say, do I think it's worth that much money? Is it really different this time? Is it really different with that stock? Is it different with that sector? So let's jump back into the numbers of it. So the price per earnings ratio is the price divided by the earnings per share. So if the stock is selling for 10 dollars and they make $1 per share in earnings, and this is all reported and easy for you to find out, then they would have a P.E. of 10. Likewise, if the stock was selling for $100 a share, and they had $10 in earnings, well, then they would still have a P.E. of 10 times. So it's whatever that earnings is, you multiply that times the P.E. ratio, and you get the price of the stock. And this is not only done with with stocks, it's done with all types of businesses, and, and really any type of asset if you were to go out and buy a lemonade stand in your neighborhood and that lemonade stand was producing a hundred thousand dollars a year you would most likely end up paying somewhere around three hundred thousand dollars for that business if you wanted to buy that lemonade stand that's a price per earnings ratio of three times for small businesses that are you know operated by kinda of mom and pops that have local and uh, you know regional neighborhood type markets things that are privately held, things that are extremely, extremely micro-cap type companies that are, you know, valued under $5 million. Those kind of things are generally owner-operated, and in general, I'm just speaking broadly here, historically, you pay about three times that. So if the business that you, you know, operate is spending off $50,000, you want to sell it, you're probably only going to get about $150,000 for it. Those type of small owner-operated businesses have very low PEs because they're not liquid. You know, they're hard to sell. They're hard to find people that have the money to come in and, and purchase them. And then they're also owner-operated. So their payback is in three years. If they buy the business from you, it's spending off $100,000 in profits. They buy it for $300,000. And, you know, they're also coming into this thinking they're going to be able to run it as good or better than you. You know, Maybe they're younger, maybe they're more aggressive, whatever. They're going to come in, they're going to buy that business. They want to increase the profitability and the sales of that business, so they think that their payback is going to be no more than three years. After that, it's all gravy. They've built equity in the business, plus they're paying themselves a paycheck. So that's a, just a quick example of how the price per earnings ratio can apply to small business as well as to a stock like Google or Facebook or Procter & Gamble or any other one. So although I'm a swing trader and although I spend most of my time talking to you and in my own you know, personal practice looking at charts and looking at those type of numbers, looking at moving averages, I only do that on stocks that I think are good, solid, quality, fundamental stocks. So I've already filtered out all the garbage. I don't even look at it. So when I'm talking to you now about price-per-earnings ratios, I'm pretty much talking about what a good quality stock that trades on the New York Stock Exchange or on the NASDAQ would have. And like all things, everything is relative. So, you know, you hear me talk about the price of a stock and I'll say, well, it it had good relative strength in relation to its sector or in relation to the S&P 500 or in relation to the, the way the general market performed today. See, it's all very relative nothing in the market operates on a vacuum and there's no difference with the price-per-earnings ratios certain sectors of the economy or during certain times of the year or during certain time frames during a business cycle price per earnings will vary even for the same stock so if you're talking about the high-tech sector Because that's a growth area, that generally would be accepted to have a higher price per earnings ratio than for a more stodgy, mature industry like industrial type companies. So you would be willing to spend more on them than you would on Ford Motor Company, just like you would probably be willing to give Ford Motor Company a higher price per earnings ratio than you would on that little neighborhood lemonade stand that if you buy, you have to own or operate So you're only willing to pay three times for the lemonade stand for Ford Motor Company. Maybe you'll pay somewhere between seven to 15 times, depending upon, again, where it's at in the business cycle. Uh, Back in 2009, you didn't want to pay anything to own those automotive stocks. But the last 18 months, two years, people's cars have worn out. It's been a good time for that sector of the economy. It was going into a, a peak growing stage. So the valuations in the auto industry in 2014, 2015 would have been higher than they they would have probably been in in 2009, 10, 11 when people weren't buying cars. But that part of the business cycle was phasing out because you don't run out and buy a car every day. I think the average life of a a car on the road today is like 12 years. And so they're going to ebb and flow with that business cycle. That P.E. is going to you know, go up when they're selling a lot of cars, and it's going to go down when we get off cycle because you're going to know that the profitability isn't as high there, so the investor isn't going to want to spend as much. And then that's the same with the different sectors. Yes, today people are willing to spend more on, on companies like Facebook and Google that are in that type of technology because they're growing very rapidly, and we'll get that into that in a minute, but you're going to be willing to spend more there than you would say for 3M or for Procter & Gamble or for a, a company like that that's more established. But you have to be careful because everything has a business cycle. A couple years ago, you would have paid some extremely high premiums. The, the valuations on biotech stocks were very high. Well, that's not so much right now because biotech stocks have, you know, for many reasons, one of them being political, they have come down quite a bit in value. Now, that doesn't mean that their earnings have decreased. Because remember, this is a ratio simply between their price to the earnings. The earnings of many of these biotech stocks are staying the same. And so they may still be earning $1 a share. But two years ago, people would have been willing to pay 40 times earnings for that $1. And so the price of the biotech stock would have been $40. Today, they're only willing to pay 15 times earnings. The earnings are still a dollar, So now the price of that stock is only selling at $15. If you bought it back when the it had very large valuations and you, you paid forty or fifty or sixty dollars for it, you're going to be very disappointed right now. Even though the earnings are the same, other investors are only willing to pay 15 times earnings and you're, and if you want to sell your stock, you've got to give it away for 15 bucks. That's the way valuations work. Valuations are based on not only fundamentals, you know very sound fundamentals that you can measure, but they're also based on fear and greed. To me, that's what makes a stock market so interesting. It's more about human nature than about balance sheets or about fundamentals. You see, from day to day, people's opinions change. The pendulum swings. Sometimes stocks get undervalued because people think that's a bad industry and they don't want to pay a large price per earnings ratio for it. At other times, the pendulum swings the other way and people are more than willing to spend their hard-earned money on something that is irrational and doesn't make any sense. Alan Greenspan had the famous, quote, irrational exuberance. Well, that's what happens when stocks get way overvalued or way overpriced. We call this valuation expansion. Earnings aren't necessarily growing, but the reason the price keeps going up is because people keep willing to pay more and more for the stock. You don't want to get caught up in that irrational exuberance or that enthusiasm. And one way to do that is to look at your specific stock, Look at what its real earnings are, and then look at what similar stocks, uh, how they're priced in the market. So again, you're going to expect to pay maybe more for biotech stocks when they're in favor. That would mean that their price per earnings ratios are going to be higher than industrial stocks or automotive stocks. Right now, stocks that sell discretionary consumer products are doing very well. So they would have a higher price per earnings ratio than stocks that are in the retail sector. So a stock like Nike, which is considered a a consumer discretionary, that's doing very well, making high profits, and people are willing to spend more for it. So consequently, it has a higher price per earnings ratio than the retail market, which is not doing so well. And so you would see lower price per earning ratios for stores like Macy's or Walmart or Target. And that's the case until a particular industry just bottoms out. For example, like right now in the oil industry, a lot of people are betting that oil has bottomed out and that it's going to go higher. I'm not in that camp yet. I still think oil has time to consolidate, and I think the price is going to go lower. But when people do think that an industry has turned around or that it's bottomed out, well, in those cases, even though their earnings haven't done so well, you'll see price per earnings expansion. You'll see those valuations expand. Because people are not looking at the past 12 months of earnings, they're looking at future earnings. And so you'll see that right now in the oil industry. Maybe a stock that's been very depressed and it has lost 50% of its earnings over the last 18 months, that particular stock may have a price per earnings ratio of 30, 40, or 50, you know, some very high number because people are anticipating that the earnings are going to go up drastically in 2017 or 2018, and they're willing to wait for the the price of oil to come in because they think they're buying at a bargain. So they are willing to pay more, and that's why the price-to-earnings ratio looks higher. But remember, there's different aspects to look at in the price per earning ratio. You can look back 12 months, you can look at the previous quarter, or you can look forward. Make sure you're not being too overly optimistic as to what type of earning growth is going to be achievable, you know, realistically achievable for that stock. And that's why I want you to be cautious when you hear people say, well, it's different this time, or this is a different economy, it's a new economy, it's a new business model, old ways of looking at things don't apply, or valuations are so high now because interest rates are so low. Whenever you hear people start saying it's different this time, in not all cases, but in many cases... You should be very concerned, you should be leery of that, and you should probably stop listening to that person. The reason that we do look at historical averages is because they apply, and generally it's never different. During a bubble, people always think it's different, but when that bubble bursts, they come back to reality and they realize that valuations really do matter and it's not different this time. Imagine that you're a rock climber. You're know, you someone that likes to go out and, and scale the face of a cliff. And maybe you have friends that do it, or maybe you're in some kind of a rock climbing club. And, you know, you guys go out and you do this on a regular basis. And the club kind of has a, an unwritten rule that, you know, you don't climb more than 35 or 40 feet up the face of a cliff without using some type of safety gear. You know, without actually wiring in. You know, some people like to climb freeform. They, they like the thrill of just climbing up the face of a, of, a, of a rock or a cliff without any safety rope at all. And so maybe you're into that and the club you're in, you guys agree that, hey, we're not going to climb more than 35 feet or whatever the number is. And the reason for that is safety, because if you fall down, even at 35 feet, there's a good chance of getting very hurt or killing yourself. But you're willing to take that risk because you guys are all free spirits and you're, you're risk takers. I mean, you're thrill seekers. Well, you know, you go out and you start doing that, and then one guy in the club, he starts climbing higher than everybody else. He wants to prove that he's, you know, tougher or stronger or whatever. He's more of a thrill seeker. And so while the rest of you are only going up to about 25, 35 feet, he starts climbing 50, 60. He's up 70, 100 feet above the ground without any type of safety belt. And you know that machoism, it, it starts moving throughout the club. Other people want to show that they're just as, as tough as this guy. And so they start climbing up higher. And pretty soon you got people that are a couple hundred feet up off the ground with no safety harness. Well, that's all well and good until one day somebody slips and falls and they die. Or maybe it's worse than that. They not only die, but when they fall down, they knock two or three other guys with them. And so in one given Saturday, you'll lose five or six guys in your club. They've all fallen off the face of a cliff and they've died. Well, what happens the next Saturday when you guys go out climbing? Well, no one's going to be climbing at 200 feet again. Everybody's going to back it off. They're going to just be climbing 15 feet or 10 feet or 35 feet. Or maybe everybody starts using a safety harness because they don't care about the machoism anymore. They've all learned from the experience and they're facing the cold, hard facts of reality that if you climb without a safety harness, you can fall down and kill yourself. This is the same thing with value expansion in the stock market. Yeah, maybe interest rates are driving people to take more risk, but at some point when stocks start falling apart like they have done over the last six to eight months, Well then reality sets in and people realize you can start losing money and they don't want to take that risk and so they start backing off on how much they're willing to pay. That's why we always see a regression to the mean. I'm going to close out today's episode by warning you, cautioning you not to let your perception of value be distorted. This may not make sense to everybody, but when I was in the Marine Corps, we used to talk about how your judgment could get distorted when you were out at a bar drinking, and we called it beer goggles. For those of you that know what that means, I don't have to explain it further. But if you're not familiar with what beer goggles are and how they can distort your perception of reality, I'm going to finish up today's episode with an old country western favorite, and I'm going to let Mickey Gilly explain how your value can get distorted. So that'll wrap it up for today.